The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. Let's move on to Rachel's email entitled Blood Sugars and Cafeterias. She says, hey, Owen, I love your podcast. I've been diabetic for a while and I've just started university. I'm having a hard time navigating the cafeteria and maintaining blood sugars. I've always had control over what food was being made and easy access to carb, fat, protein, fiber count. Now I feel like I'm constantly guessing. Any tips? Really, really, really good question. So I appreciate you asking that, Rachel. And... This is something that I myself will struggle with. This is something that almost everybody living with type 1 diabetes will struggle with. So much of, again, I'm just going to speak from my own own experience. So much of my consistent management and consistent blood sugar comes from me understanding the food that I'm eating. Me having an accurate carb count having the ability to pre-bolus, understanding the impact of fat and protein and fiber. Gives you clarity around the food that you're eating, gives you clarity around your entire day, in my opinion, when you know what's in the food that you're eating. Because whether I like it or not, whether it's convenient or not, whether it frustrates me or not, the food that I eat and the insulin that I take essentially has the biggest impact on my blood sugar each day. That's just a fact. I know obviously various other factors do as well, but immediately the two biggest impacts for me and for everybody, insulin and food. Now, things are instantly complicated blood sugar-wise when we don't know what's in the food that we're eating. So if we're at a cafeteria, if we're at a restaurant, if we're at a friend's house, we can't whip out a weighing scale and scan barcodes and measure exactly what's in the food that we're eating so that we can calculate the insulin that we need. We just can't do that. Now, for me, how I manage those sort of situations, number one comes from personally the decisions that I will make. And... The decisions that I make around the food that I'm eating when I'm out 
are primarily to simplify my blood sugar management, to try and avoid any massive highs or massive lows for the rest of the day, right? And ways that I do that, let's say I'm out at a restaurant or a cafeteria because that's what Rachel's talking about specifically. Now, I don't know the type of food that's available or she has access to in the cafeteria, but this is my thought process around a situation like this. So first thing, I will eat my vegetables first, if there are vegetables as an option, right? When I eat my vegetables first, I know that the fiber in those vegetables can help slow down and reduce the rate of the spike of blood sugar from any food following those vegetables. That's number one. Second thing I do is I will always focus firstly on a protein source. So whether that be like a chicken breast or steak or turkey or whatever it is. If I focus on the protein part of the meal, I know that, again, it's going to help the blood sugars, but also fiber and protein are very satiating foods, meaning they will keep me more full for longer. So I know if I focus on the protein and the vegetables, i.e. fiber, I am less inclined to overconsume on things like chips and pastas and those type of foods that can potentially cause havoc on my blood. Now, I don't completely avoid those foods because I still really enjoy the food that I eat. And if you listen to this podcast, you know firsthand I do not restrict what I do and what I eat. I just manage around it. So veggies first. I focus on the protein and I will always pre-bolus. I will not eat without pre-bolusing. That's me personally. That is just a non-negotiable in my day. Now, somebody listening might be like, what do you, what do you mean you don't pre-bolus? You're out at a restaurant or you're at a cafeteria, whatever it might be, you don't have time. Make the time. I make the time for it because it's important to me. Right? And I know that if I don't pre-bolus, my bloods are going to piss me off more than I want. All right. Mm. So how I do that, I get the food, eat the veggies first. But when I know what I'm eating, I'll take my insulin. And then while I'm eating my vegetables, I will use that time as a pre-bolus time. So I'm not just sitting there kind of twiddling my, th- twiddling my thumbs, waiting for my insulin to kick in. I take it, then I eat the vegetables. So it's like killing two birds at one stone. Another thing I always do and always consider and always keep in mind is when I'm eating out, the chances are there's more in the food than I think there is. And what I mean by that is, generally speaking, takeaway food, restaurant food, whatever it is, will have more carbohydrate, more fat in it than you think it will. That's typically why it tastes so good. So that being said... We all instinctively have a calculation going through our head every time we look at food. Well, I know I do, and I know a lot of people do. So if a plate of food arrives in in front of me, my brain is going, and I'm making all these instinctive, automatic calculations around what I think is in the food in front of me. How much insulin do I think I need? 
So let's say I'm sitting down to vegetables, I'm sitting down to chips, I'm sitting down to a steak, whatever it might be. Or Rachel's in the cafeteria. I look at it and within five seconds, I'll have an estimation around the amount of insulin that I think I need. Let's say it's five units. Because I'm eating at a restaurant or because I'm at a cafeteria or because it's takeaway food, I'm expecting there to be more in that than I think there is. So my instinctive thought is five units. But I will add on at least another 10 or 20% of insulin for that meal because I'm at a restaurant. So let's say it's a 20% increase. My automatic calculation says I need five units. In my own head, I'm thinking I need five units. But I'll add on 20%, which is what? An extra one unit because I'm eating out. And the last thing is learn from previous experience. Again, going back to my three A's, awareness, anticipation, action. So much of your diabetes management is understanding how everything affects your blood sugar. Your insulin dose, your exercise, your food, your stress, your sleep, all of these different things. You have to be aware of those things. You don't need to obsess over them, but you can't ignore them. Because if you're not, let's call it, reviewing past experiences and results blood sugar-wise around certain foods or doses or exercise, you're not putting more tools in your toolbox for the next time around. So I'll give you an example. Last week, I went out for sushi. I went through all the things that I've just gone through. Now, it sounds like a lot, but I do these things now automatically because I'm just so used to doing them. But basically, went out for sushi, did the automatic calculation of insulin, added on what I thought I need, and had my sushi, and I ended up going slightly higher than I would like. So I think I needed like a two-unit correction for what I had. So that's even after you looked at the food, you thought about how much you needed, you added on 20% because you were eating out, and then you needed probably another 20%-ish yeah, on top of that. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So basically what happened then, because I was aware of the insulin that I took, the food that I ate, the time that I took my insulin at, and the correction potentially, well, the correction that I did need, I was able to say, right, this is the total insulin I needed. This is when I should have taken my insulin. This is the food that I ordered. So... I have more information next time, right? Yeah. Then on Saturday, just gone, went back to the same place. And I said, right, I'll test out what I did the last time. Ordered the same thing because that's what I wanted. It was absolutely unreal. (laughs) I love sushi. So given the experience I had previously, I had everything mapped out. So I knew exactly what I needed to do to keep my blood sugar stable for that meal. So used the exact formula based on the review that I had done, added on those two units that I needed as a correction, my blood stayed perfect. You don't have to obsess over your bloods. I strongly advise that you don't obsess over your bloods. Easier said than done. 
but it's things like that that make the difference to your management. If you look back, give yourself five, ten minutes. Look back from your dinner last night and say, what could you have done differently? Could you have taken more insulin? Could you have taken less insulin? Could you have taken your insulin at a different time? Because when you're aware of these things, then you can actually take action next time to benefit your management. That's how it works. It's a very complicated and complex condition, and it's unique to you. So the vast majority of the responsibility, essentially, will come down to me. That's how I look at it. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.